Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff joins me again on MSU Today, this time to elaborate on some of the topics she covers in her May 2023 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the Communications tab at president.msu.edu. And President Woodruff, always good to have you on the show. Russ, thank you so much. Glad to be with you as well. Could you start by reflecting a bit on commencement? We previewed that last time, but now you've experienced and it was cool to see you uh, with the tiny mic going around Breslin Center talking to some of our grads. Oh, it was so exciting. And for people, I I never knew that tiny mic was a thing, but if you're on Instagram and apparently I am, so (laughs) I was handed a tiny mic. So I got to talk to a lot of students and the really neat thing was to just see their spirit and their enthusiasm. They were just excited for that beautiful graduation day. And of course, then the college days. And one of the things I did, Russ, is, uh, is to ask them about their favorite places on campus. And they ranged from, you know, the front of Cole's house to the frog pond south of the tracks. I had a couple of people who had told me about the frog pond, which I quite love as well, to places for meditation, places that they had been for their classes. And it just was a wonderful, wonderful representation of the students' love for this campus and this place. And as you write in this month's letter, and we're just talking about, you know, our campus is a source of pride for its beauty And for 168 years, we've carefully transformed our natural and built environments to enable growth while maintaining its beauty for future Spartans. Placemaking is the theme in this month's community letter. First, how do you define placemaking? Well, you know, actually, I'm reading uh, um, William Beale's book on the founding of MSU. I was given a gift of one of the one in 3000 books that was published in uh, 1913 about the origins of MSU. And it really is about place, about that place where people could come and learn. And, you know, this is a place that is a remains a natural wonder that we really want to protect. As you know, we've talked in the past about the learning living environment that is the campus. People gain wholeness. And in fact, in this last semester, of course, healing uh, out of this um, out of this uh, campus and our campus places. And so the key for us is to really think about those spaces and places and how the new buildings are situated within that larger ethos of a place that is restorative but continues to evolve. And that's what our campus is doing right now. It has the ability to accommodate the uh, new evolution of the way in which we're thinking and learning and doing um, while um, really holding fast and true to that beauty and that living learning environment that we gather when we walk between those places and spaces. And, and talk about the freestanding multicultural center that we touched on last month. And, and what are some of the other facilities on the horizon? Yeah, we did talk about that. The groundbreaking for that multicultural center was so exciting and, you know, standing room only and a lot of folks pitching in to throw that first um, scoop full of, uh, of sand to get that um, process going. And boy, they're going fast over there. Um, in addition, um, you know, we're, we're, we have the dairy and greenhouses. We talked a little bit about that a couple of podcasts ago. Those are really teaching and learning facilities that we must have in order to enable the very best um, uh, teaching within uh, agriculture, which again is our founding and necessary for the state of, of Michigan. Um, We also are working on our Digital Innovation um, Center or EDICT, 
And this is a place where we'll rebuild uh, what it means to do engineering and digital innovation um, uh, scholarship and learning and bringing six colleges together. It's inverting the model of having individual colleges. We're bringing colleges together in this new model. And we have the new plant and environmental science. Of course, we have um, with our new greenhouses, we have um, National Academy of Science members are largely within our plant sciences. And um, those greenhouses uh, house not only um, the kind of scientific discovery that could be the next Nobel, uh, they more importantly hold some of the experiments that could really sustain us and sustain this population into the future. And then finally, we've got that Student Recreation and Wellness Center that's going to replace the IM West facility. And folks are really excited about that all here on this campus. Yes. And uh, uh, under Vice President Doug Gage's leadership, our annual research and development expenditures grew to almost $760 million in fiscal year 2022. And I know reaching a billion is part of our strategic plan. How are some of those funds going towards placemaking? Well, I think uh, with these new buildings and facilities, the dairy, the greenhouse, the uh, digital and in, uh, in, the engineering and digital innovation center, the plant and environmental science building, all of those are going to house new faculty, new students. And it's in those facilities that we'll be able to continue our upward trend and upward reach to, you know, the heights of, of research expenditure across not only the Big Ten, but but literally in the nation. And our placemaking extends beyond the East Lansing yep. campus to places like Flint, where you recently visited. Oh, I had the greatest time in Flint, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Norm Beauchamp, uh, Aaron Sousa were with me when I visited our Charles Stewart Mott Foundation uh, work that's happening there with Mona Hana Hatisha. Um, and boy, what great people there. We are building a new um, community partners um, and uh, research facility there. That's really exciting. And, you know, I met some of the kids uh, who are in that uh, Flint downtown area, and they are really excited about Michigan State University. And, you know, I think I admitted a couple of six-year-olds or maybe even one that's about four years old. So I just full disclosure, Russ, we've got some we've got some Flint kids that are coming to MSU in 2042, and I'm already excited to welcome them. <laughs> and I know we have the very first philanthropically named department in MSU's history with the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation Department of Public Health, which is cool. That's right. Yeah, no, public health is so critical, as we saw through the uh, COVID context, and we'll continue to have an important uh, 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 way of uh, enlivening what the research is we do. And particularly in Flint, we're really thoughtful about public health, not just being about what MSU researchers think we ought to do and then go do and then publish. This is a completely different model where uh, during my visit, we had all our community partners who are active participants in the work, folks who then say, well, this is what we need to know. In many ways, what we're doing in Flint in health is what we've done in extension in agriculture. We've really asked for and enveloped the partnership um, that uh, enables the best kind of thinking and therefore the best kind of work. And it's that positive productive cycle that is so exciting uh, in Flint and across all of Michigan. And you also recently had some opportunities to recognize and celebrate the achievements of our amazing staff and faculty whose success is a key theme in MSU Strategic Plan 2030. 
Yes, and Russ, you're one of those great <laughs> staff. So thank you. We celebrate you and your years of uh, of leadership and being part of the voice of Michigan State. And yeah, so we did have the 46th annual Jack Breslin Distinguished Staff Award and the Ruth Jamison Above and Beyond Award. And then we also celebrated... Um, uh, some milestones, the Service and Retirement Recognition Awards for 552 employees who have met milestones, including 55 years of service and then 201 uh, retirees. So really a great deal of celebration. And the key for me is that Michigan State has been celebrating its employees for nearly half a century. This is not a new one-off. This is a place that really values every single individual uh, who are part of this whole ecosystem. And I don't think there's anyone who thinks they themselves are above and beyond each other. We, as whatever part we play within this orchestra that is Michigan State University, we play our parts as well as we can. And in the end, it's a beautiful symphony. Spartans will. And ensuring the safety of university community members is another vital element of MSU's placemaking for well-being. And you were recently pleased to welcome a new vice president for civil rights and Title IX education and compliance, Laura Ruglas. Tell us about Laura and her important role. Yeah, Laura comes from uh, Cornell and she's here this week and I got to welcome her uh, formally today. She'll start July 1. Uh, she's a she's a veteran and she really brings um, an incredible sense of the ways in which um, we need to bring prevention as well as uh, the ways we respond to actual discrimination and sexual violence and misconduct. So she's really thinking in a 360 way. Uh, she and you know the folks that I talked with as I was um, deliberating on this choice just think of her as an ethical um, people-driven um, kind of uh, leader. And I, I just love uh, my conversation with her. And uh, you know, I shared with her this morning that on my computer is a little yellow sticky that says, today is my favorite day. And I offered to her that every day at MSU is my favorite day, no matter what comes. And I offered to that uh, hopefulness and that positivity to her. And she she embraces this MSU. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for what her leadership will bring uh, to campus and her partnership and in, in the leadership um, work that she's doing. I love that. Today is my favorite day. And uh, uh, President Woodruff, you have a bit of a travel advisory for Spartans and others <laughs> visiting camp in this, this summer. We're busy. We're busy. We've got some traffic detours, folks uh, going across that very storied farm lane and going back to the Beale book. There's a great picture of sheep going across that um, farm lane. I don't think that was the last time we upgraded farm lane, but it sometimes feels like it. So um, as you traverse the campus, you'll have to make some detours, but it's really wonderful. And you'll see some of the, I, I said, uh, I really like the, the terrestrial cranes. There are a lot of cranes that are building some of our new buildings, but you'll also see cranes going overhead as we did over graduation. They were headed north. I think they were the last ones to get up north, but cranes in the air and cranes on the land really represent the natural and physical beauty of this campus. And um, uh, I, I really invite people to come in the summer, come to Summer Circle Theater, uh, come just to walk in the Beale Garden, come to see the frogs in the frog pond just on the south side of the tracks. There's just so many great places uh, to be and to be present uh, within this uh, great and storied institution. And Teresa, before I let you go, I'm, I know you arrived in 2020 as to be provost as a very renowned researcher in your own right. And 
it's heartening to see that you still have some time to do that as recently results of research you and your husband, Tom O'Halloran, worked on were recently reported in the, in the Journal of Biological Chemistry. The research looked at the role of zinc in follicle development and mm-hmm. how scientists use x-ray beams to determine the role of zinc in development of ovarian follicles, but follicles rather. Tell yep. us more and and, and oh. how you find time to still research. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of my, it is, it is really wonderful. Thank you, Russ, for reading the paper that, and, and the Insight MSU that really represents some profound biology that in fact, before Tom and I collaborated, he was an inorganic chemist. I'm a reproductive scientist and we collaborated on an area no one had ever thought to look a true discovery when we discovered that zinc, this little element that we think of as this trace element that you might need from you know, your vitamins, but you don't need much of it. We found that the egg just before fertilization takes up 20 billion zinc atoms. And it, if it doesn't take up that amount of zinc atoms over a 12 hour period of time, it can't progress to fertilization and then onto an embryo. And at the time of fertilization, the zinc is exported from the egg in this big um, explosion we call the zinc spark. And that zinc spark means that the subordinate sperm cannot actually then uh, come in and have what's called polyspermy. So it is the block. It's so that you have one egg and one sperm. Nobody knew any of this before that work. And so Tom and I, with my graduate student, Allison Tangy, my last graduate student actually, Um, did some work to look at the very earliest stages of follicle development. And we used one of the most sophisticated instruments, microscopes in the world that's at Argonne National Labs that Tom actually helped build in order to really look at the zinc and all the other metals in these early follicles. And so it really was the um, perfect bridging of new technology and this biology. And again, nobody would have looked for these signatures of life um, except for that uh, interaction. And it really is just some of the most exciting discoveries uh, that basically happens to all of us at the first moment of inception, uh, of conception. And I, I'm just really excited that that has been published. I can hear the excitement in your voice. And congratulations <laughs> to you, Thank Tom you. and Allison. So uh, before I let you go, just some final thoughts as we really dive into the summer now. Well, I'm just excited for everyone to, you know, come back to this great campus. Uh, the Red Cedar is beautiful. Uh, the trees are in full bloom. Uh, during graduation just two weeks ago, I think every tree on campus was in uh, peak, um, it was a, some of its peak um, flowering. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful place to to live and to work and to really think back on our history of 168 years and know that we are preserving that storied historical campus, but continuing to evolve with what we need uh, to ensure the next generation of of students have that great uh, experience that um, so many have had in the past. You're here. Well, Teresa, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Russ. Really appreciate it. That's Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff on MSU Today, elaborating on some of the topics she covers in her May 2023 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the Communications tab at president.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.